Hello, and welcome back to the Language of God. My name is Stephen Delacruz, and I am the Friend of God. On today's podcast, I will begin the father and child relationship teaching. As I continue in this series, The Culture of God 101. In the culture of God, there are four relationships found in Scripture. The master-servant relationship, the father-child relationship, the friend of God relationship. Then there is the bridegroom and the bride of Christ relationship. In this podcast, as I begin the father-child relationship, I will share with you the pros and the cons of this relationship and how they apply to us from the culture of God. As you continue to learn the language of God, you will see how this all comes together. As you learn God's culture, the language of God is revealed to you, and you begin to actually speak the language of God to God. Imagine that, speaking God's language. And once again, I just want people to understand that when I say the language of God, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I know that there is, that is one of the gifts of the Spirit. But this is not speaking in tongues. This is an actual language that you understand as you speak it. And when God speaks to you, you understand because you both speak God's language. As I have shared with you in the past on my podcast, my definition of the word language is this. Language is more than just verbal communication. It's more than just words or sounds. It is the very culture of that people that make up their language. There are different languages that don't use verbal communication. One that comes to mind is body language. We are all familiar with body language. There is the language of love. We all have experienced it at one time or another in our lives. The language of love. How about sign language? There's another language that doesn't use any verbal communication. These languages don't use words to communicate. So there is more to language than just verbal communication. In my definition, it is also the culture of that people. Now, what about the culture of God? Have you ever thought of God's culture? What it might look like? What it might sound like? In this series, I teach and share with you what the culture looks like and how you fit in. Because we are talking about God, this is a very deep subject. How can anyone know what God's culture looks like and even talk about it? Especially when the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, how can we learn God's language if we haven't, if we have never heard it or seen his culture or even imagined any of this? Well, if we finish the rest of that scripture, we read, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, 
not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Isn't that something? It says that we can know, you can know the wonderful things God has freely given you. And how's that? By having his spirit. So the question is, do you have God's spirit? Once again, you know, you know, you might ask, you might think, why would I need God's spirit to learn how to speak the language of God? And this language allows us to be immersed into his culture until it becomes your culture. To understand why God says what he says and does what he does. One of the benefits is to know your destiny in life. When you speak the language of God, when you understand God's culture, one of the benefits is to know your destiny in this life. Let's begin. The father-child relationship. The father-child relationship is found throughout the Bible. Most people have heard of this relationship, and many call on God as their father today. A very well-known prayer begins like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. It seems to be very simple and straightforward, a very simple concept. Being a child of God. Just be a child, right? How hard can that be? We sing songs in our place of worship, and have written stories of how we are the children of God. Well, let's look at the father-child relationship in God's culture. What does it mean to be a child of God in God's language? Now, the title father, in its most simple meaning, is this, the source. The title children, in its most simple meaning, from the source. The father-child relationship has a great deal of benefits. Now, God is our source, and we are from God. We are from the source. And in the father-child relationship, it's a very different relationship than the king and the servant relationship. Because a child has has a very different understanding and spirit about them than a servant does. The child takes on the name of their father. From the moment they are born, they have the protection of their father because they are born into the family. They have the provision of their father. And this is just to name a few things as benefits of being a child. Here on earth, if your father is famous, wealthy, or powerful, then you are famous, wealthy, or powerful because you are his child. That fame, wealth, and power overflow to you simply by you being born into that family and bearing your father's name. When your father passes on, you will inherit all his fame, wealth, and authority because you have his name and are part of the family. When he passes on, you will succeed him and inherit all his possessions. While in your father's house, you have access to all that is your father's. A home, food, clothing, education, and so on. While you are growing up into adulthood, you are protected and kept safe in your father's home. Luke chapter 15 verse 31 says this, His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. That is the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son took his inheritance and left, but the good son remained home and was faithful. 
And this verse here is talk is the father talking to the son who stayed home. And he says this to him. Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. So in the father child relationship, everything that belongs to God is yours. Because you have stayed with him. It's the inheritance. You have access to it right now. You don't have to wait for the father to pass on. The father is saying right now you have access to everything I have. Now, as a comparison, the father-child relationship has a lot of benefits that the king-servant relationship does not have. Remember that in the king-servant relationship, the main benefit you that you would reap, it leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Now, that is found in Romans chapter 6, verse 22. That is the main benefit of the king-servant relationship. It's a place where you learn obedience, you learn discipline, you learn holiness, and you learn to overcome your frailties and your weakness. And you learn, above all things, in that place of the king-servant relationship, you'll learn to serve. Now, the downside of that relationship is that the servant or the slave is not part of the household. They are not born into the family, so they will not inherit anything. They are owned as property. And for those of you who listen to the King-Servant Relationship podcast that I taught, you'll remember that being a slave means being property, means being owned. You can find my explanation on this in the King-Servant teaching if you have a time to go back there. Also, Scripture says that the promise from God comes through faith. That faith comes from the free woman's children, not the slave woman's children. This is found in Galatians chapter 4, verse 30. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Remember, the son or the daughter... They are not own. They are from the source. They are born into the family. Now, how do we become part of the family? Well, we must be born again. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Understand that we are not born into servanthood but into the family of God as children. We are from the source, and God is our source. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves or servants. We were not born to be servants. Did you hear that? That can be found in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. The spirit you received, it does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, the translation there in that scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says brought about sonship. Some scriptures use the word adoption, that we are adopted. But, you know, the scripture there 
The original words that were there is made. We were made his children. And that word made derives from the word create. And think about this. God, the source, doesn't adopt anything. God creates. God makes everything. So God created you. God made you his child. You were born again. He did exactly what Jesus said would happen. You must be born again. And every one of you that accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were made. You were born again into the family of God. And being born again by that Spirit of God, you were not born into slavery or into servanthood, but you were born into the family of God. Remember this, how important it is in the father-child relationship. You are from the source. You are from God. And always remember, in the father-child relationship, father means source, and the child, children, mean from the source. Now, if you're in the king-servant relationship, how do you move from being a servant or slave of God to a child of God? Well, this is found in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. This is Paul talking. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything in their father's house. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father has set for them to receive the inheritance. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. This is Paul talking. So we come into this relationship as through the king-servant relationship. We come into this relationship as slaves because we were slaves to the world to sin and death. And that's all we knew. That's all we knew how to behave as. And we had to learn how to be humble. We had to learn how to serve. We had to learn to know who we were. So the guardian for us, as it says here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, and verse 2, and verse (laughs) 3, the guardian for us is the laws. And that law that was given to us taught us righteousness, which simply means it taught us how to do the right thing. So in the king-servant relationship, we learn and are learning how to do the right thing, how to serve, how to be humble, how to be meek, how to overcome this flesh and bring it into submission. But now as we mature, well, we no longer think like a servant. Once you learn to do the right thing, you begin to mature. And that knowledge leads to the next relationship. And no longer do you think like a servant, but take hold of your place in the house of God as his child, because you were born into the family. Remember that you were not born to be a slave. You were born to be a child of God. You were not born to be a servant. You were born to be a child of God. Now, remember, as servants, we are subject to the law. And it is the law that is our guardian that begins to instruct us and to help us to mature. Jesus was the first among us who made a way for us to become children of God and move from the servanthood relationship. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. 
So even Jesus was subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could make us his very own children. There's that word make, made, that word that derives, that comes from create. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Once again, the word made, that word that comes from the word create, God has made you, created you. You were born again. Isn't that incredible? You and I were created, made, born again through the Spirit into the family of God. You are not adopted. We're not, we're not from the outside trying to fit in. We are literally born into the family with every right, every birthright of the household of God. You are an heir to the throne of God, born in his home, born as his child. How wonderful and incredible the father-child relationship is. I hope with this new knowledge of the father-child relationship, it will encourage you to move on from the king-servant relationship and take hold of the promises of the father-child relationship. Please join me on my next podcast as I continue the father-child relationship and we learn where that relationship began and its purpose in our lives. Here's an update. I'm working to have more content available. Please be patient. When you get a chance, check out my website at thelanguageofgodalloneword.net. Stop by and leave a comment. Let me know how this podcast has been a blessing in your life. If you've enjoyed this show, share it with one person this week. If you have any comments, you can connect with me at my Twitter account, Facebook, or by email. You can find all this information at my website, The Language of God, allloneword.net. When contacting me, please include the show title you are commenting on. Go and enjoy life. I encourage you to live. Break free of the things holding you back and live. Shake off the chains that hold you down. Rise up. Dust yourself off and get back into the race. And if you thirst for life, come and drink from the river of life and live again. I give you permission to drink from the river of life and live again. Have a great day. And remember, you are not alone.